0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Rugby League Talks. I'm Kigs. I'm Jacob. And today we're back to talk about this upcoming year. Now, we did our Coach episode last week. Now's the time to review and predict what is going to happen with the 2023 squads. So what we've done, we've done 17 teams. We're going to pick three at random each episode and just talk about them. Their signings, losses, and their best 17. So... Be- before the episode started, we picked... Uh, we got Bulldogs, Warriors, and Melbourne Storm. So, we'll start off with Bulldogs. Let's go through it, because this is an interesting side with a lot of hype around it. We have a lot of signings, but we also have a lot of losses that could impact them in some way. But... Put the
1: Nico as well, with Hmm.
0: So, the signings for Bulldogs are Kikau, Reid Marnie... Ryan Sutton, Andrew Davie, Franklin Paley, Hayes Perum. Three big, two big names there with Kickout and Marnie coming through. Marnie really solidifies how good this spine can be for the doggies. You know, you got Burton and, and um, Marnie now, and then you have avarillo Alv- developing as a fullback, and you have Kyle Flanagan having. Uh, Not a full year at halfback. He's only had like one full year at halfback his entire career. And that was at the Roosters. So that was 2020. That was a COVID year.
1: And even that wasn't a full year then because that was cut short.
0: Yeah. So it was only 20 rounds. So really, he hasn't had a full season at halfback yet. Where under... After um, Trent Barrett left... He really did improve a lot because he dug deeper into the defensive lines and
1: was able to give more space to Burton to play. And yeah, well, something interesting statistically, I haven't gone and done the averages for it, but I've looked at it per game. Burton was touching the ball less once um, uh, once Trent Barrett was booted, but yeah. he was still similar output with tri which means that the amount of times he was touching the ball where he was being more effective.
0: And that was the stat early in the season, wasn't it, where it was revealed that the Bulldogs' halfback touches the ball the least amount of times, which is insane yeah. to
1: me. Yeah, well, it was. It just wasn't getting it anywhere near as much as Burton. And I think that also holds Burton back in some sense too because one of my criticisms of him has been he's got such a big, powerful body but he doesn't really use it as much as some guys like Whiten seem to use it mm. uh, in terms of that large, powerful running six mould. And uh, I don't know if that comes down to his own style of play or if it's down to the coaching from Trent Barrett, where it felt like Burton was playing a bit of first receiver in just some weird positions where, realistically, you would want a halfback to go and do it. Yeah.
0: and. He looked at it and he was like, Why are you putting so much pressure on this new kid on the block? He's only mm. he hasn't even played a full year at five eight or any in the halves. He's only yeah. played a full year in centre. And he won the WM yeah, uh, for that position, but still, two different uh positions. And then you're giving no slack to this Kyle kid, you who you have signed for three years and you're not giving him a chance. You didn't get him yeah. the correct system.
1: Well, it's my take on Kyle Flanagan is who who do the Bulldogs have at half back that could possibly replace him at the moment? Well, they've got Wakem, who didn't end up doing too well. They've got Avarillo. I think Avarillo's one of his best strengths is his running, especially his support running. Yeah. Um So not a half so back. So don't you, you yeah, you don't want him at seven. Uh, it's similar with Burton. One of his strengths is running. So when they had him doing so much directing play, not only was it predictable, but it also kind of held back one of his best attributes, in my opinion. Because, mm. you know, we see there's lots of areas where he's just running lines and Jerome Luai is being, being getting in the ball for a lot of his highlights over at Penrith. Yeah, so, exactly. It's... And, yeah, so you look at the people the Bulldogs have there, I reckon you might as well just go all in on Flanagan while he's there. Yeah, because even if it doesn't work, that's like at least at least fail a fair test, if that makes sense. Uh, yeah, like third, third, tri- so, third tries to charm. Is what they say. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's like you've you've bought Flanagan. If the only chance of him to play well is if you give him consistent time, I reckon, because that's how he's yeah. going to learn how to get better get a decent halves coach Um, because Flanagan, you know, he's got the potential and sometimes kids do really well in the lower grades and it just doesn't translate to first grade. Yeah. He was an awesome and knock on effect early in the year. Yeah. Well, not just that, but also when he was, you know, under twenties, he was playing origin and everything. Yeah. That's true. I would. Yeah. So I really do hope that Flanagan, because he does have some deficiencies in his game. Hmm. Uh, I really don't think his kicking game is that fantastic. His fifth tackle options are very unexciting, I think. Now, uh, that's something that he can 100% improve on. And I exactly. Thought- you get him with a coach because we look at the, these are similar criticisms people had of you know Tom Dearden. Yeah. But you get him working with JT. You get him and say, all right, you've won the jersey or yours. Get better. Yeah. And it's. It's definitely a possibility, and it's something he can work on. Because we've also seen some halves that used to have a little bit suspect for tackle options. Uh, I don't think Ben Hunt was really fantastic at that earlier in his career, at least compared to his counterparts, you know, looking at guys like DCE or even guys like um, Maloney at the time. Who else was around during Ben Hunt's team? Even Milford on his own team, who's very crafty with the boot. Maloney? if you go back to last year, he's you know, he's obviously improved it a lot. He was yeah. one of the front runners for the Dalian medal and he was you know, he was an F positive with his boots. So although I don't think it was ever as dire as what Flanagan's is, it's definitely something that he can improve and I hope that we do see some good halves coaching happening at Boubull Dogs.
0: That's, because,
1: why, that's know, why I the, don't
0: understand why the Roosters let him go. Like I have watched him in that twenty twenty season and he played all right. And you had Cooper Cronk under him.
1: Yeah, well, not just oh, that. Right. But, um, Cooper Cronk actually works with the Roosters as a house coach at the moment. Yeah, he's He's got an ambassador role over at the Storm because he explained this on 360 when he was arguing with Buzz. Oh, yeah, um, that's fucking yeah, hilarious. Amazing video. But, oh, yeah. yeah, he's got that ambassador role over at the Storm but he actually does a lot of the coaching at the Roosters. Hmm. But it's the Roosters, they're very, very... They're quick to move on their halves. We saw it in a similar vein with Jackson Hastings, but I think Hastings has always had those rumours about how he behaves around the club and off the, on and off the field. Yeah. Um, but then there's Flanagan, who... I guess in a similar vein, you know, Flanagan, he gets very, very lippy when he plays. He likes to get under people's skin. Um. <laughs> But then again, I guess for the Roosters, it He would have been perfect at the Roosters though for that. Yeah, well, it would have been good to have him learning from Kronk, especially because, you know, Kiri, who... He's a very creative half, and he can Mm -hmm. definitely offset whatever deficiencies are in that main seven, you know, in a similar vein to what we saw with Maloney and Townsend, because Townsend wasn't really a lighting the world on fire, Nico Hines type of halfback. He was yeah. very much a catch and part p-
0: Yeah, he was a really basic guy at times, which you, you need, but like like you said, he wasn't Nico levels or...
1: Yeah, you, you need creativity, but most importantly, you need a guy who's going to steer the tear around.
0: Yeah, and, and I, you, you, I don't think you'll see a lot of creativity from Flano.
1: Which is I what, think we, that's,
0: what we've spoken about before in the potty, but we'll see that direction it, from him a lot. Yeah. Well, Carl Flanagan,
1: I think... I think the best thing that it's said is that he makes his decision of what he's going to do before he catches the ball, but then he doesn't adjust. Yeah. Like, we, we talk about eyes up footy. I think it's safe to say Flanagan plays with eyes down footy. Yeah. Um, he's very much one-track mind, and I think that's something... Seeing his game free up a little would be better. Um,
0: you, you see you that know, with a lot of junior halves, what I've found, is that they think what they're going to do before they get their ball. Like, For instance, you'll you'll have like the half-centre ringer. He'll just think, oh, cut out ball to my ringer because he's on the edge. He's going to do that. like He's already thought of it, so he's going to do it. But he won't see what the defensive line is doing. So in his yeah. head, he'll just do it anyway without even looking at the defensive line, and that sometimes yeah. can work out for you. But it's more risky because who knows? Your winger might get dragged into touch, and then you're still in you're still in your own half, and you've got to defend forty meters bef- between you and your try line in five tackles.
1: Yeah, well, it's I think Luke Brooks is probably a good example of this as well. Yeah. Um, you know, he's a guy that I actually think Luke Brooks does have all the intangibles. He's, you know, he likes to touch the ball a fair bit. He likes to see the team around. You know, he seems like a pretty good kid by all accounts. You know, he's never really caused any issues yeah. that I've heard. But he has that issue where sometimes later in games, he won't really go near the ball. Um, but most importantly, there's times where there'll be an overlap because of a bad defensive breed. And he just won't take it because he's already made up his mind of throwing an inside ball. And yeah,
0: I think we've talked it, about
1: this when when it happens. I think after the round because I was livid. Yeah. I was like, "This is horrendous!"
0: You were um, you were like fucking angry at it. I remember that. I think I can't yeah, remember. I Someone got sent off, and they Brooks wouldn't stop like just stop holding the ball, and he would just kick it on third
1: or something. Yeah, yeah, he was he was a player down and he kicks the ball on second at one point. Yeah. And, Who was it? Which it's like, I have a feeling it's mainly. Oh, I can not remember. But what what I do remember is that it's it's weird because when he seems to make those eyes up plays, it's doing things like kicking on second where it's just like way over the top. Yeah. And way too risky. But then when he when it is green light He just doesn't take the opportunities. And
0: that was why Hastings was there, to relieve that pressure and allow Books to have more space.
1: Yeah, well, just to kind of play more off the cuff. But I think that he did still suffer from the same Mm. deficiencies in his game, except for one game against the Cowboys. When Hastings played Locke. Yeah, where he actually did have quite a decent game at seven. But there was one issue I remember... And I think it was the Nani Intercept try. Yeah. And this is another example of halves not adjusting uh, because this is relevant to the kind of thing with Kyle Dunn. again, but you need to be able to adjust on the fly. Yeah. So, Brooks, he goes to pass it to his second rower, uh, but he realises that, or he doesn't realise, well, he, his second rower kind of overruns the line a little, mm-hmm. but instead of adjusting the pass, Brooks kind of throws it behind him a bit. And because of the pressure coming in from the Cowboys' second rower, that's what allows Nanai to scoop it up and take the try. Yeah. And that's it's things like that, like being able to adjust to that small pass. Because a small pass. Because that's where you, you don't really see guys like Moses making that decision. Mm. Like, if you look at, you know, your top halves in the comp, usually they know to hold off when that happens. Yeah. Uh, it's something that I... JT was actually brilliant.
0: You, you don't pass... By, I, yeah, I think you don't pass the ball in that situation. You just try and hold it yeah, and take the tackle. You
1: just... you got to take the hit sometimes. Yeah. And I think that's the thing with young halves where they're just throwing these passes where they just they just don't go where they needed to go. And obviously that's a lot for me to say because I'm just sitting at my desk talking about this. And you but, see, halves can you get... Know, like, it, it can be very costly.
0: Yeah, and halves are getting, like, smaller. Like, they're getting tall, but they're skinnier and they can... They can't really take the hits more. I think of uh, Robert Louie.
1: Robert Louie, yeah. Well, the hits are getting bigger.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. And Robert Louie, mate, I've seen him, like, train in just, like, club level, like, like, not NRL, but he was at Central's training, and he would just fucking... He's a halfback going over everyone. I'm like, how are you a halfback? Fuck, you should be playing second row.
1: Up. He's... He was one of the... uh, Yeah. um, I think... I remember that era when the Cowboys signed him and he was playing seven with JT at six. Yeah. Um, That's... If you ever want to truly understand, I think, the footballing genius of Jonathan Thurston, watching him play and dictate a lot of the attack from second receiver during that 2010s era is probably one of the better examples of it. But...
0: The saying that, how do you rate the bulldog signings?
1: Uh, are we just going like out of ten? We'll go. We'll go A, B, C, D, like grading wise. i C. Uh, I'll give. I think a B plus for me. In terms of yeah, I would I would actually give an A minus just because of Viliami kick out. Yeah. B- because I think we've spoken a bit about the importance of second rowers yeah. and where they are defensively. Kikia is, and there's a brilliant video uh, from Seabold with the game plan talking about defending on the edge, where it talks about how the pressure created by the second rowers to rush the halves can kind of create that jam where overlaps aren't being taken because, you know, the half can't just skip along them and force the three in to kind of come in. And Kikia, his pressure as a second row is probably the best in the comp. 100%. 100%. I think
0: also his in, ball playing skills at the second row.
1: And his ball playing. He can be pretty silky with it, but it's that defensive presence that I really, really like. Because um, he's going to be playing on the left edge, I imagine, with right. Matt Burton. And I like that because, well, first and foremost, it gives Burton kick out of work with an attack. But most importantly... It means that in defence, it kind of alleviates some of Burton's deficiencies because he gets very flat-footed as a defender. But if we see kickout creating that pressure, then it can kind of shield Burton from that a little, and that should help the Dogs a lot defensively. And that's not even getting into kickout's line running.
0: A hundred percent. And you also, have, I, th- I think um, we'll go into it with the best seventeen soon, so we'll, we'll get we'll quickly get to that, but. First, we'll go over losses. Hmm. So we have Jack Havington, Jamie Marshall King, Paul Vaughn, Matt Dufty, Joe Stimson, Josh Jackson, Aaron Shoup. Oh, God, I'm going to butcher this, unfortunately. I'm sorry. Ave hey, Ava I got... Simon Faggy. Bro, I'm sorry. I can't I can't say hey. that.
1: And Corey Allen. Yeah. What are They're you... They're fast- what was that, say? They're fascinating losses.
0: They are. One's from the tournament. Vaughn and Dufty have go- left their one-year deals and gone to the Super League. Corey Allen to Roosters. Marshall King to Dolphins. And Haverington to Newcastle. I think the biggest loss there... I don't... Oh, look, to be honest... You say... If you had to pick one, it would probably be... Josh or Jeremy. But then you get Reed Marnie in the replace Jeremy Saturday. Josh Jackson, however, probably a big one. That's the skipper that's now retired. Personally, I think Josh Adokar should be the new skipper. And then you have mm-hmm. RTM uh play that second row position with Pengai going to thirteen still.
1: I think it would be really funny if they made to be the pain guy the captain oh fuck that would that would be like grade a means it would but so how do we how do we rate the losses in terms of like if is an a like good for letting them go or like...
0: I think so an, I think an it? a is that you've you've kept majority of here once so like He's not, yeah. not too bad of a loss. A is not... not I, I would... And then B is like your middle ground.
1: Like, I, I will give the Dogs an A- for their losses. Yeah, I think so too. I think... You can't really... Magdaf up everything. Oh, is, mate. a net positive for that club. Vaughn, he leading
0: maybe a little bit.
1: He was... Yeah, Vaughn, I think... Vaughn had his issues at the Dragons, of course, uh, but I, I think at the Dogs, he just was... It, it was weird when you saw the players they recruited for this year because it was like they brought in so many new players, some of them on one-year deals like Vaughn and Dufty, and culturally they weren't really going to be the guys you want to build a club around. So it was yeah. just like a weird little experiment from the Dogs. Um,
0: I think it was also Marshall just trying King, to manage salary cap
1: issues as well. Yeah, true. Get some depth. Uh, Hetherington, he has a lot of brain fades in his game. Oh, uh, doesn't he? He's he's not a bad player. Um, but I think that with the middle rotation they're developing, with Max King really stepping up, that they shouldn't be doing too bad. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy Marshall King is a loss but I don't think it's anywhere near as big of a loss as they've got as the gang with mining, especially in the area of dummy half-service. Uh, he definitely improved a lot, but I don't think he's the guy that was going to unlock what the Bulldogs were trying to build. Yeah. Uh, See so Vaughn and Dufty, probably overall good to have him gone. Uh, Joe Stimson doesn't really make a massive difference. Josh Jackson, that sucks. You yeah. really want that... Yeah. Uh, actually, I'm, I'm going to bump it down to a B, actually, for the Dogs. we to so do this again, because I've just realized they've lost Aaron Shaw. Um, yeah. The, the main criticism I've seen from Dogs fans is that he doesn't up. That, like, that's not the only job of a center. You have to take in mind that he was a decent runner of the ball. He made meters from the back, took his runs. Mm. Uh, but he was, a, he was a good tackler, uh, and he was getting better and so that's something that obviously he's going to be a great signing for the Titans I think but it could be negated by the fact that they've got Gerald Skelton coming in uh, they've also got Alamotti who might get first crack at that centre jumper
0: but yeah. I do th-
1: that their best centres pairing probably would be Shop and either Alamotti or Skelton, I-, I don't know if yeah, the current one with Burns is there. And that's no hate to Burns, because I reckon he's a he's a solid center. But I also, like, I quite rate Aaron Shaw, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, honestly, uh, yeah, probably B-plus, I think, is what I'd say. Yeah. Corey Allen, that's a weird one. It won't really affect them. He wasn't playing in the 17. They get salary cap relief from it. Uh, it was just such a weird thing having signed Corey Allen. He yeah. doesn't really need... To be a great fullback i don't think
0: was that um, what they were trying to
1: do get him to play fullback and then i think it was because he played there at the rabbits but he also played there in origin and they they might have thought they had one in him but they also signed dylan with tennies now at the time and they had him playing fullback yeah that's which because you know he had that stint over the bulldogs oh. I don't know. Uh, they might have let him go for relief, really, but I, I quite rate DWZ, but they've also got Perez and Fox.
0: Yeah. Well, let's go to this best 17 then. So, I built this. Jacob really didn't put input, but however, what we can do is change it. So, for the back five, the outside backs, I've got Jacob at fullback, Karaz and Adokar on rings and then Burns and Skelton in the centres we just spoke about oh. having Alamotti in there somewhere so I think that one, one of these spots could be up for grabs or even both because our Shop is left as you said so we could see an entirely new centre pairing with two new centres
1: yeah, well, we we don't know, and I think that's just something we're going to see in preseason. I wouldn't be surprised if we see both Skelton and Alamotti getting gaps uh, before Siraldo decides what he's going to do. I
0: saw those um highlights, but the doggies fan page, the Bulldogs channel, put up of Alamotti, or might have even been Guru, and I'm like, this kid is steamrolling, like mm. just. Everyone, I'm like, what the
1: fuck, and and skeleton's been doing the same thing, yeah. So they've got two very, very powerful ball runners that they have the options of kind of unleashing there, and so it'll be very, very fascinating. Josiah
0: Papalehi in um, Howard Matthews, I think he plays fullback, and he's got a mean step on him,
1: yeah. No, it'll be so, it's gonna be very fascinating, but. I will say that is a fair few grades below. It is, yeah. yeah. Knock on. So, hopefully... Hopefully, he does. Yeah, it's a fair few grades below even New South Wales Cup, as it is. Yeah. But hopefully, he does crack on.
0: For our halves, we now we got Flano and Burton. We don't really need to talk... I think... when we get to the Ford pack, we'll speak about these guys. But they're self-explanatory. Um we pretty much said it. Yeah, we said it earlier. You got Rake and Bear that could probably fit in if Flano gets injured or Flano has like a bad couple first rounds. But fuck, you don't want to mess with that. They've messed with that seven jersey so much over the past two years. Do you really want to fuck with it even more?
1: Yeah, it's. I feel like it's just throwing the baby out with the bathwater at that point. If they keep messing with the sevens pairing, because no matter. Like, unless they think a seven's going to come in and drastically improve them, they might as well just focus on building the combos, especially because yeah. this is it's an important year. They, they want to try get some finals experience into their team.
0: New coach with Serato, uh, but you also got like nearly an entire new team. And with that, we'll go into the forward pack. We got King and Thompson, your front rows, kick out. RFM and Tavita Pangai as your second rows with, uh, Tavita locking the scrum, and then you've got Reed Marnie at nine as your hooker. So, with that, of course we'll have that, I, I think, like you said, Kikau will play on the left-hand side, it's where he played at Panthers, and you know, Kikau and Burton have that chemistry together, we saw it in 2020 when, uh, they were alongside each other on that edge and they played really well together of course he had Luiz at 5'8 but what could you do with Burton running the ball more feeding it on to Kickout, and Kickout having that silky hand pass to go to like Burns and or Adokar
1: yeah well it'll be it'll be good to see I think that also Kickout should help Burton run the ball more in terms of Defenses are going to be focusing more on that pass, so he'll be able to keep those defensive lines on us. i are just hoping that he does take advantage of that. I think Max King being promoted to starting in the prop position is going to be pretty good. It's always good to see Tovita Pango play in the middle. You know, don't overcomplicate his job defensively. Just kind of put him in there and just let him run a mark because you know he's a powerful ball runner, very very strong guy. Tackle bot uh, Yeah he, he, well, he can be a tackle bot uh, Not on the level of like Some other guys though Like Murray or Cotter
0: Oh uh, I, I like, just mean like uh, You're in the middle He can be a tackle bot Because uh, yeah. now it's simpler You're not having to Read what the half is doing
1: Yeah Yeah That's true I think that's going to be fantastic
0: You've also well, You've also got uh, I'm excited. RFM There as well You know He's just coming Yeah he could be really good, and he's he got some game time last year coming back from that foot injury, which is really good. Uh, what I will say, however, I've noticed I just kind of fucked up with the best 16. Oh, 16, I put Joe Stimson, but he's left. <laughs> um, so, if RFM there, he'll be filling in Josh Jackson's spot. Uh, how do you reckon? So obviously, Josh Jackson was a bigger bloke and could run harder. I would say compared to RFM, do you think RFM will have a faster play the ball
1: or? Um, you'd hope he does, but he is—he's actually fairly tall. He's one hundred and ninety centimeters. Um, he's either just got his page up at the moment. I think. He might be. So far, he generally tends to be a decent line-running second rower. He averaged 108 run metres. So he can... It'll be interesting to see how he does. I'll have to go to the Bulldogs play the ball speeds to the games that he did play. But you'd hope for their team's sake that they do get some ruck speed. But at the same time, can they take advantage of it? I think that's going to be the interesting thing. I think a guy like Mm. Avarillo with support running, you can. With Marnie's support running, you can. But at the same time, Marnie's not really a running nine. Um, No. So I think that that is going to be where it comes down to seeing what Flanagan can do.
0: Yeah, I think so. I think this will really test Flanagan and help him develop and see where he needs to develop further. And it will also help Serato where he needs to teach um, Flano right, this is what I need you to do,
1: learn it. Yeah, well, kick is going to help them in terms of that rock speed. Oh, 100%. It's really going to come down to, I don't think Thompson has a particularly quick play the ball, the same as Pangai though. So they hmm. could be sluggish towards the start, uh, especially in the middle area. I haven't seen too much of Max King to kind of gauge his play the balls, but it'll be very interesting to see how the dogs go.
0: Also, a thing with um, Tavita is that he's a great offloader. We saw that last yeah. year. Uh, they could capitalize. Uh, they could capitalize sometimes, but I think now that you've got Averillo and Marnie, you can capitalize off those uh, offloads that Pengar can get. Yeah. All that second phase play is going to really help. You get Burton on the, that on that offload. Give it to um, Kikau, Give him a run, and he can just really yeah. see what he can Max come
1: K- King has an offload in him. Kika has an offload in him. Mm. Uh, it's I think what it's having Fumani Brown coming off the bench is what I think is going to be really interesting. Yeah. Uh, so they I haven't don't...
0: officially announced that. However, Gus did say something about it. He's not on the um, Bulldogs page as of yet. I don't believe.
1: It'll be interesting to see if they do get in because he's a bloody good player. Yeah, uh, well, he's he's, he's decent. He, he's okay, but most of all, he can run the ball.
0: And that's I and... think that's what you can really do is if um Marnie can be an eighty-minute hooker. So do you put yeah. Bran on that lock when Pangai comes off, and you just you look for some quick play balls off some like like a kick out.
1: It's an option, mm. but yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he isn't a spell. But I also think another thing that will add an interesting dimension to the Bulldogs is having both Burton and Marnie as kicking options. Mm. Uh, I saw Burton kind of develop that eyes-up play where he kind of just... Kicked a Fits it over at her car. Yeah. Uh, it'll, I want to see if Marnie does a similar thing the- because he's a brilliant kicker. He's got a 40-20 in him. So does Burton...
0: The issue I have with Marnie, though, is how he selects when to do that kicking. There was sometimes last year where he'll just throw in a kick randomly. I'm like, mate, you've got the pressure there. You don't need to build more. Just keep going, rolling on, let Moses do the kicking there because you can charge up one more, get another 10 metres, and then do a box kick with Moses kicking. And a lot of people didn't like it, um, how he would kick on third. Like, and he it wouldn't even get like near the twenty at all. So I think this season you're trying to see how he can develop and pick the, and you need to play eyes up. Is the fullback out of position? Like right, that's when I kick and build the pressure because if Flano's not there, that I can do it. Kind of like how Josh Hodgson did it back uh, between sixteen to twenty, the mm. twenty sixteen to twenty twenty. Hodgson was great for it. It's what we call a jail kick. A jail kick is when you have a 10 by 10 meter square, and you kick it down the field into the opponent's 10 meter, and you don't let them. You, you just chase. You chase after that ball, and you do not let the opposition back three out of that jail kick. You do not let them out of that square. You let them out. That's a failed kick because you, you have not achieved the purpose of that kick.
1: Mm, I quite like that uh, from a strategic standpoint. I think that'll be something... It'll be fascinating to see how that adds a dimension to the Bulldogs. looks. I think that those kind of kicks... I've seen Adam Reynolds attempt that a lot. Yeah. With weighted kicks. Uh,
0: and Marnie is a right, is a right foot kicker. Mm. So it won't be Kick-Out chasing those uh, kicks. It will be RFM. So yeah, it's up to at- Karaz and that... And Flano and that side to chase hard as they can.
1: I think Karaz and Flano have it in them.
0: If you play Alamotti over Skelton, he could do it too.
1: Yeah, well, it, it depends. Um, I haven't seen much of the pick chases offered by way, the Alamotti or Skelton. Fuck, he's fast. I would have You reckon? Yeah. If, if he's pretty fast and he's got that one per cent in him, then that'll be fantastic. You... But yeah, very exciting.
0: Oh yeah, moving to the bench. However, so we've we've talked about Brown. I've got Jackson Tobany and Ryan Sutton, and I've got one more space. I don't know who to put there, and I think that's up for debate over this preseason.
1: Probably, uh probably Palais, To be honest, yeah, you could. I could
0: see Pelle having a run.
1: Palais or just any middle forward. Uh, you could throw in Davy, but you don't want to have two second rowers.
0: Well, so so that's the thing. Davy is he is he not coming from Manly? He was on the side from of Kieran forward. So
1: um, yeah, he was. He wasn't Manly.
0: Yeah. My thought was that he actually signed with um, Eels at the near the middle of the season, but uh, that must have just been a rumor. and He signed with Doggies instead.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I remember that rumour. Uh, it was pretty fascinating to see it not eventuate. But it, it's been like that a few times with the Eels. Uh, so they were supposed to sign to power? Yeah. And the, there was a tweet saying Jermaine Nzarko is heading down to the Eels. And then an hour later, he was announced to sign the Titans.
0: That was hilarious, though. I'm like, what the hell? And you know what made it believable? Is that at that current time, they had several outside backs hit. Um, going through, like, injuries and how to get rehab. I think you had Russell break his ribs in the first round and then you had Hayes Parham in the um, trials when he did all three ligaments in his knee. So that's a that's a good thing to mention. Parham has been signed by Doggies and he is coming off his MCL, PCL and ACL reconstructions. So interesting. But moving on to players to watch for this season for the doggies, I've got three Burton, Avarillo, and Marnie. What about you?
1: Um I would go for something similar, however, I am going to go for Avarillo, Marnie and Panglo Jr.
0: Okay. I I, I, think. Th- I like the Pango a bit because he's mentioned this pre-season, if I don't perform, sack me. So he's got a bit of ticker in him this pre-season.
1: Yeah, well, he, he said basically that he's been taking the piss his entire career and that he's going to try and get it back on the track. Uh, if he does, that is very scary yeah. for the rest of the because he absolutely has the diamonds in him. Well, I was just thinking those rocks, remember, I think.
0: Remember when he played for the... um. Uh, Panthers in last year in that like near that final series and he did his MC report bugger the game before the grand final.
1: Yeah. So that's probably give him some hunger as well to try and succeed.
0: Yeah, exactly. So he can't coach Ticker, but uh it looks like Pangai has found a bit of some, which is good. Moving yeah. now, what but what do so we know what Pengai needs, and that's the drive and determination to keep on going. What do the dogs need as a whole, though? I've got the right mentality going in near this uh, season. I've, I've also got... They need consistency through the middle of the season, because I reckon there's going to be a couple of origin stars this season. Burton, Josh... Maybe Pengai gets, up a, gets a call... Marnie could get a call if um, they need backup, but you know Grant and Hunt probably have that no, the, that nine and fourteen covered.
1: Yeah, you hope so. Um, but what do you think?
0: What, do, what what does the doggies need heading into the first round?
1: Honestly, pass? I think they need a plan. Uh, they need a plan, and they need to kind of develop their identity because. As fun as it is to watch Burton kicking it to Ado that's not that's not a guarantee. You have to be able to score in other ways. Um, I think obviously
0: did at the end, the back end of the season with um, Mick Potter.
1: They did, and that was something I was going to say because they did improve their attacking output quite a fair bit uh, statistically as well. Mm. And I think that's something we need to see. We because it can't just be the Burton and Otto Carr Show. Yeah, We need to start seeing guys get involved, some plays starting off with Flanagan where you've got guys coming out the back because that's, you know, obviously we're not looking at the Bulldogs as like a, one of the best teams in the NRL. That's, mm. I think that's setting a redundantly high bar, but we are looking at them and we're trying to how can name proof well having a structured way to actually score points. And I think that's something Seraldo, being the attack coach from Penrith, should hopefully help. But at the same time, so was Trent Barrett, so could be famous last words. So but. I've even
0: put in that they should aim for the middle of the table, around the top, around the eight. Last season, yeah. they finished 12th. Do they, yes. Do, do they knocking at least aim for that eight, that top, that eight spot?
1: Yeah, well, I feel like every team in the NRL should be aiming for the eight. Otherwise, it's a failure of a season, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I just meant, like,
0: they should be happy if they make, like, the bottom two of the eight.
1: Yeah, I think that's... That is what they should aim for, because, obviously, there are some deficiencies in their squad. Obviously, if you're... Looking at some of the top eight halfbacks in the league, I don't think Halfbag is one of them. Yeah, oh yeah. Um, I do think that I do think they can scrape enough wins, especially if they start to develop some decent attacking structures and ways to score points. Because the actual the actual talent and ability is there around that team. You know, you've got guys who can win you games. It's just a matter of if they can routinely put together the style of footy that can win games. Yeah, If they start winning those kick chases, if they can do those um, jail kicks like you've spoken about and if they start to get those areas of their game right because then we might be able to start seeing the creativity and craft of guys like Marnie. We could see Burton take himself to a better level with his playmaking. But obviously, you only really get to get the rest of the stuff clicking.
0: Yeah, hundred um, percent. I, I think it's going to be exciting year for all doggies fans. I'm excited for the doggies. I really want to see how this team goes. I it's out of everyone, I want to see how the doggies go. I, like roosters and doggies are the two teams I want to watch in 2023. Uh, we'll get to why when we do the Roosters in a later episode, but for now, I want to let's move on to the Melbourne Storm. So, we look at Melbourne, and the first thing we we all mention or is the number of losses that they all have in this forward pack. Let's go with losses first because this is really really important to uh, for this side. Felice Kafusi, Brandon Smith, Jesse Bromwich, Kenny Bromwich, David Nofaluma, which is going back to Tigers off loan, and Cooper Johns. Mate, I give that mm. a straight up C. Maybe even yeah. a D because you've lost four pivotal players in that forward pack: the Bromwich brothers, Kafusi, and Brandon Smith. You lose both your start and second rowers. Your start and lock. And one of your... And your captain.
1: Yeah. Well, it's... Like, that's a lot. Oh. Uh, I do think that the Storm have some decent medals to replace uh, Bromwich and the occasional role of Smith. Yeah. But, see they've got coming in. Yeah, so they've got... They've got Elias
0: Akatoa. That's going to be... I. So, Katoa obviously didn't perform to what everyone would thought he would do in 2022. I go back to when you have a look at 2020 Katoa. He was under Rodney. He was under um, him as a, at the Warriors. And he played some really good footy because Rodney was able to show his strengths off with Katoa. Under Bell- Bellamy now, depending on like it doesn't matter what side Katoa will be on. I think he can start. I think he will start. The development is what we'll see throughout the preseason. Honestly, I could see him fitting in. Rel on the left side because you have him. He could he can kind of ball play. He can run a line. Um. What Jesse Bromwich, uh, what Kenny used to do. He was a big hitter, and he ran the lines perfectly, and he would sometimes like ball play at the back, or he would be he would be the lead for Munstuck. Um, and then you have Hughes on the right hand side, who is who can put a second rower through a line. We've seen that with uh, Kafusi over the past two years, so I think. Tariq Sims will fit in to the right-hand side of the Storm. But, but you also have Joe Chan and Aaron Penney cu- uh, coming to the Melbourne. Aaron Penney is a former Storm player. He went to Warriors for a year. Does he start and replace Jesse? I don't think so. I think he'll be a start, a uh, bench forward. So, how would you... So, you've rated... The loss is as a C or D, is that right? I'm going
1: with a C. Yep.
0: And what about the signings?
1: I'm gonna go for a B. Yeah, the I th- signings.
0: I think that I think that's fair. You have Terry My Sims lead. on a one year deal, and then you have a developmental kind of guy with Katoa.
1: Yeah. Well, Katoa 22 and he's got a few years of NRL under his belt. And that hopefully they're going to be looking to get the best footy out of him. Yeah. Um, it'll be really interesting to see, I think what happens with the developments of Jack Howard. That's true. Where he fits into the scheme of things. Cause you know, paying him like, I think apparently it's like 500 a year, 500 K a year. Um, you obviously don't want to pay a guy that money to be playing Reggie's the entire time. Yeah. So, hopefully, we do see him develop a bit because he is an exciting player. Uh, If that's the case,
0: does Howarth go a bench or starting and Katoa or Tariq goes to bench?
1: You would bring in Howarth off the bench. Um, That's ideally where you'd start them off until they show reasons to Uh, yeah, we look at lots of decent starting second rowers in the comp. That started off, I mean, originally as just bench players. Uh, I mean, even looking at the Cowboys, with an 80-minute second row in Jeremiah Nanai. He, he didn't debut, started. he started. They put him on the bench hmm. to take a look how he was going. But, yeah, it'll be very fascinating to see how this team does go. Because the thing is, despite those big losses that they've had with Brandon Smith uh, and was Felice Capusi, who I do rate quite a fair bit based on his performances in origin and also how well he does things for his club. They also have some guys coming back who are going to be pretty good. Uh, Obviously, they've got Nelson, who's going to be starting. Christian Welch is going to come back. That's fantastic. Josh King is solid. And it's just going to be about that second row appearing and how they can get that done. I think Bromwich Let's go Somewhat on. replaceable. Yeah.
0: Greasy, I think they can. I mean, the both Bromwich brothers were kind of on the way out, but getting to that older. Mm. Um, getting older now. Let's go into the best 17. Let's talk about that. So, back five, we have Pappenhausen, Nick Meany, Justin Oldham, Remus Smith, and Xavier Coates. Remus Smith is coming off a... I believe it's an ACL... You also have Robert Jennings somewhere, because he did his he did his ACL too, I believe. Mm. So, what do you reckon? Does that does that back five stick, or does someone move like Nick or Smith?
1: Uh, I think we'll have to see what happens with the committee. I don't, I don't know if Paps plays that much. Um. Obviously, he's, because he's not really training at the moment with the Storm, Uh at least that I've heard. I've also heard he's not really particularly close to training with the Storm yet either. Really? Yeah. So, he's, well, uh, it, it kind of makes sense because his knee got absolutely yeah. smashed by Whiten, who he obviously likes to drink that Canberra milk. So, he's got some pretty big, strong bones. Uh
0: well, he recently oh. played in the the All Stars Golf Tournament, so I thought he was going to be all right for um uh, first round.
1: Yeah, well, I think golf being a somewhat lower next sport. I'll try and find the news article for it. Yeah, it's it's off uh, where it came two days ago, the article by Seb Motrin. I said uh. Frank Panesi, the Melbourne Storm general manager of football, saying that he's still nowhere near ready to return to full training. Wow! So okay. but he, he can still, um, you know, do things like golf and all that. Could, but he also said, papa Nelson himself, and this is off the cent article. I'm not running yet, but hopefully before Christmas. So obviously so he's not really doing any running work at the moment. So he's obviously." Doing any contact work either, you can imagine. So,
0: so the time of this episode release, it will be eight days from Chrissy.
1: Yeah, well, it'll be. I don't know if Paps is there. At the start of the season, we'll really have to see. Yeah, but I wouldn't be surprised if we see Meeny starting at fullback, and anyone else filling in at that wing spot. To be honest, whether it's War, I am, or. Um, yeah. Yeah, it could be Warbrick, could be Jennings, if Jennings is healthy. I don't know too much about his energy, but, Mm. yeah. It'll be really interesting to see how it goes, but I wouldn't be surprised if we see Will Warbrick eventually come in because he was in the All Black Sevens team a few years ago. Oh, wow. uh, Which, yeah, uh, Dean Aramire obviously still exists. Uh, Wouldn't be too surprising if he gets a crack. For me, I don't know if Jonah Pezzett becomes close to the team at any stage as a utility. Okay. Super but, of course, he's he's still playing utility in um, Queensland Cup for the Tigers. But a story about Pezzett, uh, when I went to see a Tigers game, it was late towards the game. It was pretty close between... Um, it was... We'd had Seagulls and Brisbane Tigers... He's on the bench and he's yelling out that his team needs an attitude change. So, for a fairly young player in a team of previous NRL players like um, Jaden Nikarima, it's pretty impressive to see him yelling about, uh, talking about his team's attitude. Good on him. Yeah, good on him. And it's obviously, I think, you know, he played halfback for New South Wales in the under-19s over Tom Weaver. So, obviously, he's got a pretty bright future ahead of him. Yeah. So,
0: Wow. That's, that's that's great to hear if um, Junior's... You know he's got the right mindset for footy.
1: Um, yeah, exactly. Usually, it's what they don't have. Like you said, you can't tick coach tick up.
0: Yeah. It, it has to come naturally, I say. Um, yeah. Speaking of halves, of course, we'll have Hughes and Munster in the halves. Uh, Monster coming off a great campaign at the World Cup and in the an regular season, winning 5-8 of the year. The ex- we'll, we'll have to see where these two blokes are at. You know, they both had a great campaign at the World Cup. So we'll see how they go. Like I've said, the issue I have with this upcoming season is that it's a very shortened pre-season compared to others. Of course, get the World Cup... But then you're also starting very early on in the season, uh, earlier than usual. You start you start trials early February, and then you start a month later with the regular season. Mm. I have a feeling we'll see a lot more injuries coming this year, just because of the the like the, way the body has um, healed over these coming year over this coming couple of months. So I think uh, mm. rehab and um, Prehab is going to be very vital for everyone. If you don't have a great uh, strength and conditioning coach, uh, which I don't know about, may, may need a time to um, look into one.
1: Mm, for I th- sure.
0: I think that's uh what I also had Rory. I kind of had this Rory uh, last year because what really set the what really set Canberra apart from the previous so twenty twenty one Canberra. They didn't have that great season because a lot of their guys were doing stuff during the off season. Like Papa he was training for boxing instead of like just focusing on footy. Um anybody versed um Ben Hennet Hene, or Ben Hennet, sorry. Ben Hennet So that's my worry for a lot of players is about how their bodies will cope after a World Cup, a shortened preseason
1: and an early start to the
0: uh, NRL season.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, I imagine that that's something that some teams are taking into account. Obviously, we know the Cowboys boys, they had their rest before they came back from the World Cup. Yeah, they don't start and to
0: generate fourth, the World Cup boys, yeah, I believe.
1: Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah, and that's, that's an example of what one club is doing to mitigate it, as they should, to be honest, yeah. because you don't get much rest. And it's a pretty strenuous thing playing rugby league, right? Yeah. But at that level, so you'd hope teams do get rest and you don't want to see teams getting too overworked, especially players that we do want to see at the peak of their powers. Because, you know, if you go to the World Cup, you're obviously pretty good at footy. Yeah. Um, You're probably the kind of player we'd love to see at full strength.
0: And what the Storm really need to focus on this season is my opinion... Is getting a performing forward pack. It's kind of what yeah. let them down some. Uh, sometimes last year, you know, they were tired, they were lazy, they were given, they were very unstorm-like. They were given away penalties, doing errors. They were calling the refs cheating bastards sometimes. <laughs> so, <laughs> what I have in the forward pack. This is my, this is my best seventeen forward pack. Nelson, Harry Grant, Christian Rolsch, Tariq. Elisa Katoa, Josh King. So that's my start and forward pack. Um, yep. There was a good little insight in in the World Cup that maybe you move Nelson to a second row position because of how big of a body he is. And if you run here, and if you if he runs at a half, that half is getting flattened. Mm. Uh, the para, para were really doing it sometimes in the grand final where they would have Junior Barlow Um, replace uh, the second rower in some plays because of how big of a boy he is, so he'll just run at Luai or um, Cleary which is really interesting to see and I think uh, if you have if you have him on the left hand side with Munster, I think they could do some real damage
1: yeah, well, it'll be pretty fascinating to see. They did have him at the right side second row, one stage, I believe. Okay. Um, yeah. I I don't think I'm an advocate of it, but at the same time, I looking at their second row depth, it'll be interesting to see how they do manage it. Yeah. So it's it'll be a new look storm. Obviously, uh, a lot of their veterans going out, and it'll be interesting to see what happens. I think we've learned the hard way to not. Based on the storm having a bad year, yeah, uh, it's been a few years where really they probably should have, but they've just proceeded to be successful anyways, or at least successful by their own standards. Would you uh, call actually...
0: sorry, to interrupt you? Would you call this year's Melbourne Storm campaign the worst they've had in five years, or something
1: like that? I probably would and I was about to get that I was because I just said successful by their own stands, but that's not true at all because um their own standards are not getting eliminated by the Raiders and missing the top four yeah that's actually quite below their standards you know the more I think about it so
0: yeah imagine losing to the Canberra Raiders am I right
1: <laughs> not a not a Cowboys problem that's for sure oh fuck off <laughs>
0: come round one mate you watch not that game, I don't know.
1: Watching another beautiful victory by the North Queensland Cowboys. Oh,
0: look, I'll, I'll be wearing my Raiders jersey, but underneath, if the Raiders lose, I'll just take that off and be wearing my Cowboys jersey underneath it.
1: Yeah, well, you, you don't need to worry too much. It'll be like poor old Rebs watching the Dolphins and the Cowboys.
0: <laughs> That's going to be fun.
1: It'll be very fun. I think with Hammer and Gilbert, it might actually increase the scales. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, the,
0: Tons of under- only, put him in a boxing match.
1: I'll gets say, them I'll back. Also, <laughs> I'll also say I won't be too surprised if we see Kami Kamika starting at 13 a bit, but I do think the drop King has played pretty well.
0: Yeah. So, um, he started really well last season, but then during the middle and the back end, he, he kind of fell off, I would say. He wasn't performing like he was in the early stages of the season.
1: Hmm. I think there was a bit of that with some of the Storm players, yeah. to be honest. I think one of the things that kind of rejuvenated them a little was when Monster moved to the fullback position. But you also have to ask whether that's something that Storm are going to look at. Yeah. Because you've obviously got Pappenhausen there, who is a long term thing for them because he's pretty young. And, you know, when he is on the field, he's one of the best in the comp. Yeah. But he's just really on the field. You know, it's a similar thing like what we you posted on the page about uh, Turbo and Garrick where they're you, you're thinking about their roles just because of the role injury plays in it.
0: Yeah, 100%. Um, which I've kind of fixed up now. Then we'll get to the Manly episode. But when you, when you look at this forward pack, you, you, you need to see how can you replicate the success of the starting one with the bench forwards. So, on my bench, I've put Tyron Richard, Aaron Panay, Tom Eisenhoof, and uh, Kamakamika. You could put Trent Liero there, maybe, if you want to, instead of Tom Eisenhoof or Aaron Panay. I just think, you know, they're all... Th- so, f- to 15 to 17, they're pretty big dudes, and they can run the ball... I don't know about Panay with how fast he can play the ball, but I know Kamakamika can get a fast, fast play the ball if he wanted to.
1: Yeah, well, he's going to be great off the bench if they do decide to go that method.
0: Yeah. you could. Uh, I don't know about his line running, because he majority plays in the um, starting row, starting
1: front yeah. row. he's a middle forward Yeah, um, out now. Out. I think if we're looking at bench second rowers, I think we're... I personally think Katoa... Oh, I don't know. Katoa might start. I don't know if Sims is there or if he's fighting for a spot. The the forward rotation, specifically the edge forwards for Melbourne, is going to be a massive point of interest to me because, really, it could go anywhere. We could see Howarth doing a that and kind of improving his role heaps. We yeah. could see... He- we, we can see lots of things, really. It depends on how Katoa impresses, on how Sims impresses. So, obviously, Sims, he, at his best, is an absolutely fantastic player. Uh, is he going to be that fantastic player with the Storm? Only time will tell.
0: And that's when we regurgitate that um, this is why the preseason trials are very important for all teams. Right? Yeah.
1: It, it's why I love preseason trials. And also, just as a development nerd, because I've had this uh, argument with people in the Cowboys Forum about... Because the the first trial was happening where Chester was named at fullback. The halves were Assi and um, Burke, yeah. And a guy was on there saying, basically, that, oh, why would I watch this? They're not the first-team players. Why do I care? Well, as time would tell, um, Chester would go on to make his debut later in the season. So
0: Berkey would be upgraded to top 30.
1: Yeah, exactly. So if realistically, as a fan of the club, even if you're just watching the first trials with the youth players, you can really see some gems there. Mainly, they had Kohler, who was excelling in those games. He yeah. went on to have a crack at the team and become one of the starting centres. So no slander of Pretty trial sure. matches will be taken on the Rugby League Talks podcast.
0: <laughs> um, so then, obviously, Harry Grant really hasn't solidified, in my opinion, he hasn't solidified himself as an eighty-minute hooker yet, because you had the cheese there, and you needed, and the cheese was very important for quick play the balls and actually earning penalties, because he yeah. would try and get the fastest play the balls possible. And he
1: also has that trademark walking off the mark that Melbourne has become so good at.
0: Oh, mate. It pisses you off every time you see it, doesn't it?
1: Uh, it, it? It makes all of us quite disappointed, but the reality is they've mastered it and it works.
0: Yeah. Um. So I've got Tyrant. I've got Richard there, just, just in case. You know, he can play in the outside backs if he needed to. He can play hooker. I don't know about the halves. Which you don't, you don't really need to worry about that, I don't think. Because it's not a necessary that... As long as you've got, like...
1: Harry Grant can play in the halves, but whether you want him to is another story.
0: Go back and watch the uh, first game between Storm and Cowboys last season. You won't regret it.
1: <laughs> it, was, it was pretty beautiful.
0: I don't know what Bellamy was thinking with that team list, Honestly.
1: I think he was just he was trying to do something. Yeah. I don't blame him, but it was also a really good performance by the Cows. Uh, and that was... Mm. I think that was on my birthday too. But...
0: Tommy Gilbert masterclass, I must say.
1: <laughs> Watching him just run over guys is beautiful. Oh, yeah. Uh, that was... All around, that was just a fantastic game team effort. But, of course... To remind myself not to get sidetracked talking about cows.
0: <laughs> um, players to watch for me. I have Paps returning from injury, I have Katoa, yeah. and I actually, I'm not going to go say Rumus Smith, I'm actually going to say Christian Welsh. Remember, he snapped his Achilles first round of the season last year, uh, Ouch. with no contact. Oh, mate, honestly, that poor bloke. The fact no that,
1: contact, I reckon, is always the worst because that way you know that it's not just like a contact yeah. trauma thing. It's like literally just things moving how the body is not supposed to.
0: I, I remember when reports came out that Jaden Braley had done his last preseason, and the fact that they could, they, some people could hear it across the field. Oh, I mean,
1: and I'm like, thinking about yeah.
0: it. Yeah. Mate, that's my job in five years. All right, I gotta put up with that shit.
1: That's that's terrifying. I
0: I've that's... had my Achilles reconstructed, and that's the worst pain I've ever felt felt in my life. I think.
1: Yeah, that it sounds horrendous. Just the amount of because it... obviously that's such a key part of the body. Yeah, of anyone, not just a rugby league player. It helps um, you
0: move your ankle and actually walk.
1: Exactly. So it's just all around mobility.
0: Yeah. It, yeah. it goes from your heel and it goes up through your calf muscle into your knee.
1: That's so much. Like even yeah. just walking day to day. That's And the fact that it's
0: it's thick. It is very thick too. Which is the mm-hmm. which is the um most painful thing about it. It's not just like a little fibre that's connecting two pieces. It's actually very thick fibres. It's fuck fi- oh, because, so, I went to a hospital open day and they actually had a someone's leg open on the table that you can t- yeah. go and touch and you can just see how thick and long the tendon is. It's, oh, Yucky.
1: That is so bizarre. That is... But, like, also would be a really good learning experience. But also... Oh. Wow.
0: I, I could... Mate. I could go through everything from the leg and, like, tell you why it's so... Like, what... How these, like, little fibres... You know, fewer places are so important. But I won't today. I won't bore yeah. you.
1: But... That'll be uh, the OB League Talks leg fibres special.
0: Yes, um,
1: only on Patreon.
0: <laughs> or um, if you're a WWE fan and you recently heard the news about someone getting sacked because they had an OnlyFans, maybe we'll try there.
1: <laughs> um, well, I'm being only joining the WWE anytime soon, so we might be okay. Oh, good.
0: Or we can, we'll follow in Markiplier's footsteps. He made an OnlyFans. We'll be right.
1: Oh, what a legend!
0: Yeah, oh, mate, it, that's that's funny to me.
1: Very uh, funny.
0: But what? Okay, <laughs> going back on track, I think we all know what the Storm need this season, and that is a performing forward pack. They need the consistency through the middle, and it's what let them down with um, penalties and errors last season.
1: Yeah, well, they've they've got every ounce of class that anyone could want in their spine. Yeah. So that's... I don't think the pressure is going to be resting on them. I think it's going to come down to those forwards for laying a platform because the reality is a spine with... At full health, a spine with Pappenhausen, Munster, Hughes and Grant is probably the best in the competition. Um, Especially now that Coruscant left Penrith. 100%.
0: Hundred percent. I would even try and argue that maybe Roosters can get there sometime soon.
1: Yeah, well, if we see Walker taking another step up, which honestly I wouldn't be surprised if he does. Oh, man. By all accounts, he's a fantastic learner. So,
0: hundred um, percent. But yeah, performing forward pack is what the Storm will need this season. Yep. Um, moving on though to the Warriors. A bit of a um a new side I would say in some areas because the signings are Nicore Luke Metcalf, Dylan Walker, Mitchell Barnett, Chinese Nick Crosted Thier- Thierry Martin, Jackson Ford, Braden William. I look at that, I go maybe a B plus, solely because of CNK Dylan Walker and to Ari Martin. I I'm a big fan of um Walker. In like I know he hasn't been the best off field. However, he's been really he's been really great for Manly coming off the bench as that fourteen utility. Great ball player, really fast through the middle. Uh the opposite of what boy is, and it's kind of what they needed at times this season. But you've also got a CNK who is back home in New Zealand and who wants to perform to the level of footy he was about two, three years ago. Um, I think the only way he can do that, though, is uh, out,
1: grow out his hair again. Yeah, You might have a point with that one.
0: It, it's like I've, I've um, it. the Yep.
1: When he had the waves, that's when he was playing Origin. Yeah. That's what... <laughs> players need to learn anything this year, it needs to be that they should grow out their hair. 100%. Chad Townsend, he grew out his hair a bit more. He won a premiership. Ignore the fact that he's just had a career-best season, but when he had the Pompadour, the James Dean hair, that's (laughs) when he was winning his
0: premierships. (laughs) Oh, I'd love that. Um, But no, how, how how would you rate the signings of the Warriors
1: B plus very nifty I actually think Tamari Martin is an absolutely brilliant signing uh, basically the way it looks at the moment is that Webstar their coach for the next season wants to play CNK at fullback and yep. Tamari Martin at 6 uh, I I think it's alright but uh, it's going to be a mystery to see how the Warriors' spine goes, especially because they've got Metcalf being thrown into the mix. That's not even getting into the facts they've got Ronald Volkman, who yeah. is a very, very talented young player. Uh, so it's going to be fascinating to see.
0: They have a lot happened. of halves
1: depth. I will say. They do have a lot of halves depth.
0: It's similar and, to the Titans, which I was looking at prior to the show. Holy yeah. fuck, they, those guys have got like 4 five eights.
1: Yeah, but I think the difference is that they can play in different positions. Yeah. Uh, Metcalf could possibly be a utility, but we could also see, obviously, Tamari Martin playing in the halves like he did at the Cowboys yeah. uh, when they made that grand final run. He was a great foil for Michael Morgan. Hopefully, he returns to that similar form. I don't think he's got the same elusiveness when he runs. Uh, mm. What we saw at the Broncos, he wasn't a great kick returner compared to some other players. However, is, yeah, well, not just that, but Samari Martin has a good footy brain. Uh, He's also very grateful, seeming to get back. And you don't do that by luck either, to come back from the injury he did. Uh, Obviously, that requires a lot of strength mentally, a lot of preparation. I think having that experience is going to be something fantastic for the younger guys at the Warriors.
0: And for like, Martin to play a full season, which was great. But then yeah, it was, him to I now be a five eight again possibly is even
1: greater. Yeah, well I will I was incredibly wrong. I thought that tomorrow Martin coming back for the Broncos was a terrible idea. I thought it was rushed. He was playing 5'8", in Queensland Cup and he wasn't lighting it up and I was saying, Look, this is this is ridiculous. This guy is just coming back from that and he's being thrown into the most important position on the field. He hasn't developed fullback fitness. Yeah. He didn't train the trials. Why? But, you know, he, obviously he went out and he proved everyone wrong. Yeah. Um,
0: which is good to see.
1: And yeah, it's it's fantastic. And hopefully he continues to do the same. We'll be able to see some of his craftiness playmaking and kicking at the sixth position. I think CNK is going to be a very big a very big gamble for the Warriors because he he's still a lately. Yeah, well it's not just his injuries however I still think he's a fantastic athlete. You know, he's a guy that can run the ball pretty well. He's a guy that his kick returns, you know, when he's on, he's fantastic. However, it comes with the issue that he is a guy that he's not a fantastic playmaker in terms of his cutscene vision. Yeah, I don't think I there's was, a lot I of There's a lot of times where he passes up an overlap or where he just seemingly makes the wrong decision. Um, But if we do see him get to his best, and if he's a bit more confident, hopefully that can work out. I think Tamari Martin takes on a lot of the second receiver plays as well. Hopefully, Sean Johnson uh, seems to find some abilities at home. Uh, It'll be very interesting to see how they go. We'll
0: get into that later. But first, let's get into the losses because, oh, I have a bit of a rant, I think. Losses include Ewan Aiken, Reese Walsh, Alisa Katoa, Aaron Penne, Jack
1: Murchie. Dejan RC2.
0: Yes, and RC2.
1: I think that one makes a bit more sense because apparently his attitude hasn't been that great at Warriors either. Yeah, right.
0: I thought he was improving from what uh, Rodney said.
1: Yeah, well through what Todd Payton said you would you would make that connection. But I guess that um Yeah, I don't know. It is what it is. It's a bit sad, I guess. Hopefully he goes alright at power.
0: Oh mate, it's power we're talking about. They still think their premiership window's open.
1: Well they, they do tend to whoop their signings into shape. Uh, you know, obviously they've got that history of turning Warriors players into world beaters with Isaiah Papali'i. So. That's true, yeah. And
0: he signs for the wooden spoon, isn't it? regrets it immediately afterwards.
1: Yeah, I, I hope that he gives it a cold hard crack at the I Tigers. Do. I do
0: too. Um, okay, how would you grade the losses? I think we're looking to stand out there as Rolshi. I, yeah. I I think maybe a B. I yeah. would
1: say a B. I think I think I'll agree. Uh, obviously, lots of people are going to point towards Reese Walsh, but I don't really blame the Warriors for that. I think that was something that was inevitably going to happen with him moving back to Queensland. Yeah. Uh, also, given given the culture of the Warriors and what they're trying to build, uh. Bringing in CNK, a homegrown player, probably mightn't be the worst idea. Yeah, um, I also think that he offers... He doesn't offer anywhere near the playmaking that Walsh does, but in terms of kick returns, he brings a similar thing there. Bring in Tamari Martin does bring in some ball playing, so have obviously got a new look spine. It'll be interesting to see how that goes. Yeah. Um, but I also don't think that it's all doom and gloom for the Warriors. Bringing in Barnett is going to be pretty decent. Um, as a player, at least, obviously, he's got the occasional brain fade in him. But yeah. he can do a job.
0: Um, well, with that, let's go into the best 17. Uh, again, back five, CNK. This is where it gets a bit shaky <laughs> immediately afterwards. DWZ, I rate DWZ. I think he's an amazing oh, kick return
1: person. Great
0: yeah, player he, of that.
1: I, I love that we're seeing more Dallin Wittenny's or Lesniak love over the past year yeah. because, truthfully, he in particular, I just love his hit-ups and metres out of his own back end because that's yeah. something that you really, really want from your wingers.
0: Yeah, 100%. And he's a great aerialist. And an yeah, he, all he,
1: can, he can finish really well. And uh, aside from the occasional winger jam, but even then, I think that's something where it a lot of it does have to do with his inside man, uh, especially I, at the Warriors.
0: I agree. I think their senses is what's going to be lacking again this year. Uh, yeah. I've, I've got Montoya and Valia in yeah. the senses, and then I've got Kosi on the on the uh, remaining ring spot. Could yep. they develop their outside backs a little bit more? I think so, definitely.
1: Yeah, well, I think that um, Vilea he he's got the work rate. Uh, I think I reckon that's a guy that can, you know, he likes to run the ball. He's bloody quick. Cursey uh, getting more time, I think, is going to be pretty good as well because we started to see him kind of develop that try scoring form towards the end of the year. Him mm. and what, um. I think the weak spot is going to be Montoya in centers and seeing how he holds up there defensively, to be honest. Um, that, that might be an issue for the Warriors. It might not be, I could be completely wrong. Webster could have a masterstroke stroke pulled off here, but <laughs> I do think that's going to be a bit of an issue for them. Uh, I I, I won't be entirely surprised if we actually see Dylan Walker playing at the centers at some points. That's true, yeah. Uh, that is That was his main position coming into first grade uh, when he was at the Rabbitohs. I believe he was playing center in their grand final win in 2014. I could be wrong, but that is at least what my memory is telling me. Um, but yeah, it'll... Yeah, I think he plays Warriors...
0: center for Souths.
1: Yep. Yeah, he was playing for the the, Rabbitohs in their 2014 Grand Final win. That's all right. So that's that's, obviously, you know, being a premiership winning center is not the worst thing to have on your resume. (laughs) No, Uh, not at all. So I, I won't be terribly surprised if I do see that happening.
0: Yeah, and you've also got Aaron Pompey there too. Pompey? Pompey?
1: Yeah, Pompey, I, I think Pompey gets in over Montoy at centers, but I do okay. think that is something that people have debated a fair bit. So
0: Yeah, it's uh again, trials is gonna be interesting. See how the senses go. Um and then again we have six and seven, Martin and Johnson. This is where the rant begins. Johnson was signed as the player who was gonna reignite the Royals and hopefully reignite their top eight dreams. That immediately went downhill. As in, like the second or third game in, I think it was the f- second game in, he tore his pec. Yeah, and he was out for four weeks. He comes back, he wins Golden Point against the Roy against the Cowboys. Sorry, but then. After that, he kind of falls downhill. He doesn't do great ball playing. His kicking game is atrocious at best. And it's not what um, Johnson was known for. Like, he was known as that... He could get a kick in, but he was also that flashy player. And I think that's where... What happened after he left the Royals originally he no longer became that flashy player. He had to rechange his game and be that direct player where he had to organise the like the team around. He didn't have that other person mm. to do it. Now, he's fallen back into that trap of, I'm no longer the flashy 5-8. I'm the centred 7. Which isn't Jono's game in my... Johnson's game.
1: Yeah, well, I think... Also, his actual direction of the team at times was lacking at points. Um, But I do think his form improved, at least some of his in-game play. His kicking improved, just his general mentality towards it once he got back to New Zealand. Uh, So I'm hoping that the Warriors being back next year, having that full season where they're able to play home games, is something that we see him play well at. Because obviously, Sean Johnson, you know, you, you grow up, you're kicking the footy in the backyard, you wanted to be him. Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, it's very much our generation's Benji. Um,
0: every time so, he like popped up, or like he said, "Oh, how how excited are you for Johnson's return to Warriors?" I said, "I just want to see Johnson with Ben Tear." I said that in like nearly every
1: post. Yeah, well, it's you know obviously lots of people, you know, they grew up watching Johnson. Mm. He was he was that guy, so it'll be oh, you're someone you just want to see. Play good footy because he's the guy that you you are watching. You know, it's the same way that I feel about Anthony Milford, who I'm talking about every episode. <laughs> so, yeah, um, it'll be pretty fascinating to see.
0: Oh yeah, Um I, I actually I remember there's a Warriors game. I f- I can't remember who it was against, but Fla- Shane Flanagan goes, oh he kicked it down here. I think that's a great kick option by Johnson because it, it does this this and this. But then Corey Parker comes in and says, yeah, that's right, Jono, but they're behind on points. So wouldn't you want to go for a safer kick option and try and get downfield and build that pressure? And Flanagan just replies with, I was trying to make light of the situation, Corey. So you could see that Flanagan was trying to...
1: Oh, that's so funny. Especially because Corey Parker always does this to Sean Johnson too. Oh, it, it's like,
0: Flano, do they hate each other or something? Do they have bad history, Flano and uh,
1: Parker? And I don't know about Flano, but I do know about. Um, it's a bit of a meme amongst Warriors fans and NRL fans in general that um, Corey Parker always tends to talk down on Sean Johnson's performances in commentary. Yeah, right. Um, it's it's a bit similar to Brandy and. Pretty much everyone in the entire universe. I think at the
0: point.
1: Yeah, yeah, usually it's the Warriors, though, Brandy.
0: I've never heard Brandy say anything good about the Raiders ever, right?
1: No one's ever heard him say anything good about their teams ever.
0: Brandy's just a sour old cow, in my opinion.
1: Mm -hmm. Don't call him a cow, he's going to think of North Queensland.
0: Oh. Okay, okay, yeah, on. but I'll, I'll I'll get back to that.
1: Um, it's uh... no,
0: I, I want to see Johnson do better, and that's why he's on my players to watch for season. For Warriors. um, I just hope he can get back to some form. I remember seeing the first time, last year when he put on that jersey and he's smiling, he's a little happy, and I was like, "Fuck, here we go!" Like honestly, I hope he gets back to that form. And even there were some times on camera when you saw Josh Curran and him arguing after a match. And we're like, fuck, what's happening to the Warriors? You know, Flanner. like, obviously, um, losing a coach mid-season didn't help, but it makes you think, you've got a pre-season under your belt. Shouldn't you be performing better?
1: Yeah. Well, also, on the topic of Nathan Brown, I think, I'm pretty sure when he was coaching Trent Barrett, he slapped him yeah, in he the did. middle yeah. of it. Yes. So I, I do wonder what players thought of him. Um, hopefully Webster comes in and improves things a bit. Um,
0: is it a mentality thing, you reckon?
1: Uh, I think to some extent it is, but I also think there's just some general footy issues because the Warriors 1% is whenever that bad. Or, or I say they, they were never that good, but they also weren't like They weren't Titans level Titans level. Yeah, because we've we pretty much bashed them every episode for how low effort some of their kick chases were. Yeah. And you see a similar thing at some things, but I don't think the Warriors that they, they haven't been great, but they haven't been like abysmal.
0: What did they finished? Let me check. Because they had some good games where they absolutely thrashed teams like Canberra, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, well that was, we see them playing at their best uh, when they play well, but it's just about actually tapping into that for them.
0: They finished, oh wow, they finished lower than I thought. They finished uh, 15th.
1: Yeah, it was a, it wasn't a great season for them.
0: No, they only won six games.
1: Yeah. Well, even then, obviously, you see the Spooners. But, oh, didn't Titans finish 15th?
0: Titans finished 13th. So, bottom four were Titans 13th, Knights 14th. is 15th, Tigers 16th.
1: Geez, I, I obviously missed something else towards the end of the season. Wow. But, yeah, that's obviously wearing signs for the Warriors, but they've changed so much this year, and I think it's just going to be about testing that. It's going to be very tempting thinking about all the Spoon predictions. I don't
0: don't know who to put for the Spoon, honestly. You know, Knights are the easy option, but then you've got, like, Manly, who you don't know how they'll perform.
1: I feel bad predicting teams for the Spoon because I remember how sad I was when people said Cowboys Spoon. Yeah. It's like such a silly thing to say, but it's true. Because, like, I don't know, what if the teams, like, really believe in themselves and they have a good year?
0: Yeah. Well.
1: But also, it's going to be manly, by the way.
0: (laughs) Tommy Turbo's done his um, hamstring for, like, the 60th time. Honestly, yep. like, the, when we get to the Manly episode, we'll, we'll mention what we think, what I think of what. Tommy I'll probably
1: be optimistic when by the time comes.
0: Yeah. But you're glowingly optimistic. I am. Which is good. I... But, I don't know.
1: But it doesn't help me make accurate wooden spoon predictions. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, Do you have anything else to add?
1: Warriors. Uh, seeing how their forward pack goes is going to be pretty interesting too. Obviously losing Katoa, but yeah. seeing how Barnett goes is going to be pretty interesting. Uh, is Will Karen be playing? You don't really know because obviously he had that off-field incident. But if oh, he does, yeah. play, that is if he does play, that is a net positive for that team because having Karen there with Barnett. Obviously they got Tohu Harris as well. Webster seems to favour Tohu Harris as the lock. Which I really like if we can see him hmm. ball playing often. Well, I rate Tohu Harris so much. Um, he was he was running double jockey lines, uh, running LJ plays when he was the prop. Yeah, which is like it is ridiculous.
0: That's the issue. Right, at, I didn't know where to put him. I, I put him at prop, but then I thought Josh Curran, and I'm like,
1: nope. He's they they want him at lock. Yeah, right. Uh, that's what the coach has spoken about at the very least. So it'll be very fascinating to see how he changes their attack. I think he can help them a lot if he's a yeah. lock previously.
0: <laughs> and that you don't have Rolski there anymore to like move the ball around. <laughs> he did that very minimal, but like when he did it, it helped a lot.
1: Yeah, well, I think what we'll see is. They, they can kind of shift it forward, though, because if they start yeah. off by having Harris at first receiver, that also means it creates space for Johnston to play out the back. Yeah. Uh, Johnson play out the back. Johnson plays out the back, and you've got Samario Martin coming out the back from there, so he can kind of play that third receiver role, similar to fullback. No was at the Broncos. And maybe CNK's ball playing isn't as big of an issue as it yeah. was.
0: Maybe. Because then, like, if you do that, you can immediately do a shift from one side of the field to the other, from one tram line to another, which is good. It keeps the defensive line on their toes.
1: Yeah, so there's definitely a lot that's very fascinating that we can see that could possibly happen. And I'm going to absolutely love it. I think that, generally speaking, the Warriors, they're a team that doesn't get as much media attention as others, specifically mm. in Australia. However, I think they're going to be one of the most fascinating teams in the NRL this year because of having the new coach in a similar vein to the Bulldogs. They don't have the big name signings, but they have the kind of signings that will change how they play football a lot.
0: Yeah. Well, with that, I asked you a question. Out of the three teams you've spoken about today, who are you most excited to watch in 2023?
1: God, they're all so exciting. I, I love my footy too much that I all of them are like incredibly exciting to me. <laughs> However, I truthfully am going to say Warriors. Oh, I'm, yeah, I don't think okay. I don't think they're going to play better footy than the Bulldogs. I don't, but I think it's going to be something that I get to watch and rewatch and just be interested in. Yeah. Especially, especially if we see Tohu playing well. Because I've spoken about see how much I love Tohu. One of my favourite players to watch in the NRL. Oh, yeah, so. yeah,
0: he's been good. Like, when he returned from uh, that ACL, he did wonders for that team
1: at times. Yeah, and it'll be very fascinating to see how the team goes with him there. Yeah. And truthfully, I, I think I also just really want to see the Warriors play well.
0: Yeah, I want to see Johnson play well, but I, I think for my team to watch out of the three, I think I'm going to go with Doggies. They have so yeah. much potential, and they can. I think they're going to play some exciting football. They're going to play some eyes-up yeah. football, I, I hope.
1: Yeah, well, that that's kind of what their whole thing was with Burn and uh, Oka. So. Yeah.
0: And we both know that I love my eyes-up footy.
1: You do, and I'll, we both do. We've spoken about Matt Moylan and Nico Hines on here a fair bit.
0: Yep. Yeah. And Thanks, then we get to Canella. we'll talk about the underappreciated people that are in that side. Um, but yeah, I think. Do you have anything more to add or say it?
1: No, I don't, I don't think I do. I think I'm pretty happy.
0: Well, we'll be back next week. Uh, we'll do some random. We'll, we'll randomise it again before the show, see what other three teams we'll we talk about. But until then, Jacob, what do we love?
1: we love our footy we
0: love our footy thanks everyone